Welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast series focusing on critical business decisions. Brought to you by Brady Ware and Company. Brady Ware is a regional, full-service accounting and advisory firm that helps businesses and entrepreneurs make visions a reality. And welcome to another episode of Decision Vision, a podcast giving you, the listener, clear vision to make great decisions. In each episode, we discuss the process of decision-making on a different topic. Rather than making recommendations, because everyone's circumstances are different, we talk to subject matter experts about how they would recommend thinking about that decision. My name is Mike Blake, and I'm your host for today's program. I'm a director at Brady Ware & Company, a full-service accounting firm based in Dayton, Ohio, with offices in Dayton, Columbus, Ohio, Richmond, Indiana, and Alpharetta, Georgia, which is where we are recording today. Brady Ware is sponsoring this podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast aggregator, and please also consider leaving a review of the podcast as well. So today we're going to talk about a startup project in Atlanta called the Siggy Awards. And we're going to talk a little bit about the award program itself, but also dig into what, what goes into launching uh, an award program, what it takes to build and sustain one, and, and whether you as a business owner or decision maker should consider being involved in an award program uh, in your community. And to help us today is uh, uh, Gordon Rogers of the Avondale Innovation District. Gordon is a 25-year veteran of startups in the field of digital education and learning management, both as a founder and an investor. Gordon is a mentor at Georgia Tech's ATDC and Flashpoint Accelerator programs, as well as managing director of Vernon Bridge Ventures, an early-stage capital advisory firm. He serves on the advisory boards of Authentica Solutions, Crescents, Exceptionality, and Rapid LD. As a social impact investor and entrepreneur, he advises Village Capital's Education Accelerator as well as Points of Light Civic Accelerator programs. He is also past president of Atlanta Technology Angels. He sits on planning committees for Venture Atlanta and TAG Technology Association of Georgia Top 40. He also serves as a guest lecturer and business plan competition judge at Georgia State University, Georgia Tech, Emory University, Kennesaw State University, and the University of Georgia Business Schools. He has made angel investments in mobile learning, online language training, and employee wellness companies and virtual world startups. Gordon's newest project is serving as venture partner of the Avondale Innovation District located in, in downtown Avondale Estates, um, which is uh, uh, almost due, uh, I guess, north and east of Atlanta. Avondale Innovation District is a place-based urban development designed specifically to support entrepreneurs and creative professionals foster open innovation, attract and accelerate new business ventures. It is the venue for the inaugural Siggies Awards. The Siggies are a way to recognize some of the unsung heroes in the Atlanta startup community. The Siggies are named after Sig Mosley, who is the managing partner of Mosley Ventures and is widely regarded as the godfather of the Atlanta early stage investment community. Um, in addition, Gordon, is how many children do you have, seven or eight? Seven at last count. Seven at last count. We're holding. So, and, and holding steady. Very, very talented, by the way. Um, uh, I'm an, an amateur musician. Gordon's family is, uh, is, is a gaggle of musicians and have some fascinating YouTube videos, in particular a couple where they all play around the same piano doing a couple of songs, doing percussion, playing the strings, playing the keys. And it's remarkable, not only the musicianship, but they all get along well enough to accomplish that. For those three minutes. For those three minutes. Well, I have two. I'm not, I have two kids. I'm not sure I could accomplish that for those three minutes. So congratulations to you. Thank you. And, and 
I, I guess I didn't realize how much you're involved in, in addition to your, your, your uh, expansive family. How on earth do you find the time for this? Well, as you know, kids grow up, so most of them have uh, finished uh, college by now, so they're self-sustaining adults, quote-unquote. And uh, we congratulations! Just have, <laughs> and we have uh, one about to graduate from high school, so we are not quite as encumbered as we once were. The, the herd is somewhat thinning, I guess. Yeah, but it's kind of like a herd of cats. But you're still—I mean, you're you're still busy, but you somehow found time to take on this new project. So you obviously have a lot of demands on your time. You don't say yes to everything. Why did you say yes to this? Well, it was uh, a chance to work with two people that I've admired and uh, enjoyed working with for uh, quite some time. Ed Ricker, who is the um, the guy who started and launched Avondale Innovation District, a serial entrepreneur uh, from ATDC and others, who have several healthcare startups that have uh, gone on to success. And he's always been a great supporter of the startup community. And, yes, he has. Uh, and I've worked with him uh, for at least 10 years. As a matter of fact... Uh, fun fact, I think, Mike, you and I were behind um, the microphones at a different podcast in 151 Locust in 2010. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, the old Startup Lounge podcast. Startup Lounge podcast was there, and uh, you and Scott were kind of the originators of this whole process. And uh, 151 Locust was an old farmhouse that uh, Ed converted uh, in the middle of Avondale Estates into a uh, co-working space. And we held a lot of events there, uh, one of which was hosting your Startup Lounge podcast. Yeah, and that, and that, that was sort of the, a co-working space before it became cool to have co-working spaces, really. I mean, before Atlanta Tech Village, before Tech Square, before Opportunity Hub, before any of these guys, right? Ed was a man ahead of his time. Um, and, and so you're involved now in, in, in the Avondale Innovation District, and then at some point the conversation came up, let's have... I guess, an award ceremony, or was it you were just sick and tired of SIG getting every award that there is, so we got to find a way to give an award to somebody else? How'd that conversation come around? It, it was a little bit of both. We thought, okay, um, SIG has received a lot of awards. Uh, maybe it's time to put him on the other side um, instead of being on the receiving end, which is uh, well-deserved over all those years. But um, to give him yet another award you know, might be just another of the same, same old, same old. And uh, we... Both recognize that SIG has been around a fixture, really, uh, for three decades or more. And he really is the guy who got the whole angel early um, startup program off within Atlanta. And now it's time that he kind of takes a little more time to go off to his uh, villa in Costa Rica and other places. And um, there's so many other people around the community that are doing similar work uh, but may not get uh, such recognition. So we thought, but what better way to honor that legacy that SIG has created and let him um, you know, provide some accolades to others, other deserving souls. And you know, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's another benefit. I, I do want to get into the notion of, of recognizing people are social contributors. Mm -hmm. But also for a long time, this town was basically SIG and maybe Charlie Paparelli and maybe Stephen Fleming. And if, if, if those three said no, you, you basically felt like your deal was done. And SIG is still so highly regarded, such a, uh, an important fixture, that I think a lot of people who would like guidance and funding themselves don't realize there are many 
active people, maybe more active at their stage of their lives versus SIG at this point, that can be resources to them. It's an opportunity to kind of highlight that and, and kind of pass the baton on in a way sort of kind of this group succession planning. Is that a reasonable way to think about it or am I off the reservation? No, I think you're right. Um, and let's go back to the another um, uh, throwback to that startup lounge here. I don't know if it was you or your buddy Scott that came up with that T-shirt, Sig Said No. That was Scott. He was the funny one. All right. So just for those who weren't around in those in that era, there was a T-shirt that uh, kind of threw a little bit of humor at, uh, if you got a no from Sig, essentially your startup was dead in the town of Atlanta. And... Uh, you know that was that put a lot of pressure on Sig, of course, and uh, it just didn't give a lot of opportunities for people with ideas to go somewhere else. And I think Sig would tell you he didn't want to be in that position. Absolutely not. He did not, not want to be that that grand inquisitor, that right. grand executioner. Exactly. But the def- he was the default. And um, you know, I look back, and if you look at Silicon Valley, if Ron Conway was the only guy out there that made a, uh, invest- angel investments, where would that be today? There's a lot of Ron Conways out there. And I argue there's a lot of folks like SIG, but they don't have the same name and reputation. And now it's time to to build more pillars. I mean, he's been the central tent pole, but we need others holding up the tent as well. And I think part of that is cultural, too. I think Silicon Valley has a culture where if if you're an angel investor, you kind of like the rock star mentality. You're kind of okay with the spotlight and drawing a lot of people to you. I think in Atlanta, we still have a little bit more keep it close to the vest. Yeah, I'd like to make some investments, but I don't necessarily want everybody knowing that I have the wherewithal financial to make those investments too. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, Sig is kind of the unsung hero. And he is obviously responsible for a lot of successes, but you know you can't rely on one person because that one person is not going to do it forever. And so if you want a sustainable ecosystem, you've got to have a lot of people in the game. So you're setting up this award program. Wh- who, what are you looking to reward? What are you looking to acknowledge, um, bring to light? What categories do you want to, to acknowledge people in? Well, the first people we're turning to are those entrepreneurs who have raised capital and want to recognize the angels and mentors that have helped them do that. So... For founders that have started companies and raised anywhere between, say, 250k up to a million dollars, it's it's an actual seed stage uh, investment. Uh, we want them to nominate angel investors and others who have helped them raise that round, because anyone who's done a startup knows that that first round is probably the hardest. And it, the more people that are involved in that process the better chances you have of getting that uh, first round. So that's the launching pad. So that's one award. Okay. Uh, the other one is investor's choice, uh, which comes from angels investing other, uh, choosing other investors and recognizing other investors. Um, and that's not necessarily people who write the biggest checks or the most checks. It's the people who are there uh, helping those startups um, refine their pitch deck, work on product market fit, uh, mentor them through the many different programs that are around here today, which were not around back in the startup lounge days. Um, you've got, you know, besides ATDC, which has been there all all along, but you've got the farm, you've got Techstars. Um, most of the universities have entrepreneurship programs. All those rely on outside mentors and many, many angels to help provide that uh, support. 
And those are the people we're looking to recognize. Now, you also have a category or an award called the Resurgent Award. What is that? Who, who do you think the ideal nominee for that award would be? Well, uh, yeah, we had a list of potential award categories, and, and I came up with eight or ten, and we had to pare it down. But the one, two that Ed, uh, that um, SIG really, really wanted to make sure got recognized, one of those was that uh, originally we called it the Comeback Kid. But it's, it recognizes the fact that not every founder and certainly not every startup is successful the first time round. And we need to recognize and honor those who have gone through failure and be willing to do it again and, uh, you know, maybe got uh, socked by the markets or they had missed, uh, missed the product market fit, but they learned from that. And that wasn't the end um, of their journey. And so by giving this award and this recognition to someone who, quote, is resurgent, we want to encourage failure and learning from that and continuing. And that's how you build the ecosystem. And, you know, Bill Gates is famous for saying that, that success is a lousy teacher. Um, and, you know, I, I think that concept is, is so important. Um, uh, my wife is in an entrepreneurial venture, and her business partner, who himself has had a couple of failed ventures, said that, I think this is very profound, if you don't start a business after the failed one, then you've wasted the most expensive education you've ever had. And I think that's profound, right? When, when you get to sort of rewind, you realize, oh, I should have I paid more attention to marketing or I should have had a compensation program that was different or you know, should have pivoted. Whatever those sh- would have, could have, should have were, mm-hmm. you gain no value from them if you don't find some way to sort of act upon them and profit that, right? Profit exactly. from that. And of course... The other part of that is it requires an investment community to be accepting of failure. And one of the criticisms of the Atlanta ecosystem for a long time has been one and done. You lose money, you get that reputation, you're damaged goods, and, you know, you're just done. Um, Do you think that's changing now in the Atlanta area? Can you get a second shot? Absolutely. And that's what the purpose of this award is to recognize that shift. Uh, Back in before 2010, 11, I would say what you just described was absolutely the situation. Um, as more capital has come in and has, as investors have become more sophisticated, um, they are looking at the founders and say, did you learn from this? Can, are you coachable? Are you willing to try again? And they're willing to give them another shot. And that's, uh, that's the whole purpose of this uh, award is to recognize that the shift has occurred and to encourage that failure willing to try and, and try again. So you, know, you, you mentioned the timeline of the startup, startup community here in Atlanta, and, and you and I have both been referred to as the OGs of the community. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I'm, I'm going to lean into it for the time being. Um, what are some of the other ways you've seen the startup community here evolve in the last 10, 15 years? Well, again, the support uh, infrastructure uh, that did not exist uh, back when um, you know 151 Locust was, as you mentioned, kind of the first co-working space before it became cool. Uh, now you cannot uh, throw a rock without hitting either an accelerator, incubator, or co-working space, and uh, you know that's also part of a stronger ecosystem. Back before, if you try to start up, and uh, you were working out of you know one or two places that were the only place you could go. Uh, if you failed there, you might want to go somewhere else, but there really wasn't anywhere else. 
And now um, you can bounce around from one accelerator program to the next, and hopefully you're learning something from those. And those accelerator programs, uh, they're not all based just here. They're part of national chains and and international organizations, such as Techstars, for example. Um, They're bringing international focus to these startups. And so they plug those founders into a a network, not just of national, but international investors and customers. And so none of that infrastructure was there uh, even five years ago. It's really shifted in the last few years. Yeah, even in Shambly, where I live, there are at least two co-working spaces of which I'm aware. And then just three miles north up uh, Peachtree Boulevard, um, there's Prototype Prime, Sanjay Parekh's outfit. We'll get him on a podcast at some point. Um, and, and now you're kind of seeing some market segmentation, right? Each of these are kind of bringing something a little bit different to the table. Globe Hub and Shambly has sort of an international focus, and Prototype Prime is a, has a maker space. And, and um, Opportunity Hub has become a focus for uh, minority entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs of color. Kind of interesting how that's shaking out, isn't it? Yeah, well, because there's uh, so many products out there, there has to be some product differentiation. Um, one aspect or uh, potential downside that I worry about is uh, the growth of a uh, species called accelerator surfers. And that's people who really don't necessarily have a business plan, but they can um, exist and survive three months at a time going from one accelerator program to another. Um, hopefully they're learning from that program, but it could also be a lifestyle. It's like, hey, this is cool. I get to hang around with other innovative, thought, uh, thoughtful people. Um, and they go through three or four accelerators, and they still don't have a product. But uh, hopefully that's not going to be the case with most, most entrepreneurs. Now, one thing I would argue has been, I think, a refreshing constant of the Atlanta community is I'll, even though capital has been hard to come by historically, and to some extent appropriately so, um, there's always been, I think, a very broad willingness to kind of pitch in, not necessarily because there's, you think you're going to get something out of it, but I think people like you, like Sig, like many others, Scott Burkett, have been very willing to give of their time to be a resource to help the entrepreneurs up, the, up their game. Because I think that's been another, another shift. I think entrepreneurs in the local market are better. I think they're more skilled. They're more sophisticated. What do you think? Well, I agree, and I agree the uh, the mentorship aspect has always been healthy and robust. But uh, without the other side of that coin, literally, which is uh, writing checks, the capital does still have to be there. Yep. Um, now, arguably, you can do more with less capital, and that has created you know a much bigger funnel of choice for uh, VCs and angel investors. Because if you have an idea and you can uh, set up a wireframe, and get yourself a cloud account, um, you've, you may have a company. And so as a result, you know, thousands of companies are created. How many make it across the finish line? How many are actually able to raise capital? That's a tougher um, thing to look at. And so with a large pipeline, one of the benefits of these accelerators is you can help whittle down the actual uh, likely um, people who are going to succeed out of those programs. I guess part of it also, and I, I posted this on the chart of the day about a week and a half ago, is, and you just alluded to it, the cost of starting the business now is so much less. It's down two orders of magnitude hmm. in the last 20 years, right? I guess part of the other, the, other, the other side of the coin is you may not need the coin, right? Bootstrapping a company is much more viable 
than it was even five years ago. So there, there's actually a little, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, there's a little bit of a supply crunch too. Companies that might have been coming to you or to SIG or to Atlanta Technology Angels, um, they're not coming to them anymore because they're finding they can kind of do on, do on their own. Thank you very much. Well, absolutely. And, and the more of that, the better because uh, uh, startups should not have to rely solely on uh, VC and venture funds to get off the ground. And by being able to go further and achieve some kind of customer penetration with uh, bootstrap funds and they become healthier, then that just raises their own valuations and then puts those founders in a much uh, better position, more in the driver's seat and when it comes to negotiation for valuation, when it comes time to actually raise capital. Now, I understand you're partnering with a nonprofit organization and putting the Siggies together. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, well... One of the important things that we wanted to do here is to bring uh, members of the investment community, angel community, together with those who are supportive of uh, nonprofits. And um, so we wanted to find a nonprofit that, that kind of followed the philosophy that uh, we all support. And in this case, Steam Truck uh, is the one that we selected. And Steam Truck, uh, started by Jason Martin three or four years ago, uh, essentially is Maker Labs on Wheels. Uh, for they travel around to schools that that don't have their own facility, and it teaches um, you know STEM and STEAM skills to uh, middle age or middle school kids, and it uh, gives them the access to those facilities that they might not otherwise have. And he's grown from one pickup to five or six trucks and trailers in the last uh, four years. And and so what, why them? What's kind of that? What's that connection that you saw, or what what connection did they see with you? Well, I first met uh, Jason when uh, he was in the uh, CivicX um, Accelerator Program, which Points of Light um, started several years ago. And uh, that's where uh, nonprofits and social enterprises learn to build and perfect their business models so they can become sustainable. And, um, you know, they were scrappy. They figured out how to do it. And uh, they've they've lasted uh, several years now and grown to serve uh thousands of kids all around Georgia. And so that's, to me, that's a model that more nonprofits and social enterprises need to be able to follow. Still, they need capital, they need help. And by bringing them in the same room as uh, investors in uh, more for-profit startups, um, hopefully there's going to be some serendipity there and and people will uh, take a look and say, yeah, this is a great model. Okay. So I want to switch a little bit to kind of the, the nuts and bolts because I think a lot of people think about starting awards programs, getting involved in awards programs. You're now doing it. Is this the first one? I guess not because you've been involved with Tag Top 40. Venture Atlanta is an awards program of sorts, at least it's competitive, mm-hmm. to uh, be invited to make a pitch. Um, and that's become a very successful exercise in its own right. Uh, very Probably one of the most important in Atlanta now. Um, from your perspective, you know, you're a successful individual. You've got a lot of demands in your time. Why choose to be involved in awards programs? Why is that a good outlet for your time or good use of your time? Well, I guess um, I looked at this and Ed and I kind of put our heads together and we decided, okay, let's uh, go from ironic to iconic. And so we're going to start off with, you know, it's sort of tongue-in-cheek. It's not a... It sounds uh, like Ed, by the way. <laughs> yes, yeah. We, we decided not to take this too seriously, but, um, and thankfully, you know, SIG is happy to play along. 
So we're not giving out any kind of gold statuettes. Um, we're actually giving out uh, bobbleheads uh, with Sig's likeness on it. And uh, again, that we stole that idea from Scott because he had that idea back uh, back in the day. So, um, and we're looking at some interesting things. Uh, our version of the swag bag for the winners is the Siggy Sack. And so there will be some interesting things in that for the winners. And so we hope to have fun al- along the way, not take it uh, too seriously. It is the first one uh, of these awards, so it's the inaugural Siggy Awards. Um, but we're hoping it will become an annual event, uh, a must-attend event. And uh, again, as people age uh, out of out of the ecosystem, like, like Sig, he's not going to be here forever. We need to build that next generation. So... My tagline for this is Star Tech, the next generation. Okay. Well, yeah, and I, I think for something like this, it, it is important not to take it too seriously. Um, uh, That's it, why we're bringing you and Scott in to help clearly, see. Clearly, you're not afraid of failure, that's right. for sure. You know, we, uh, just as a side note, we we'd contemplated doing some kind of awards program. We just, we just didn't have the time to pull it off. But we did get as far as we were going to name it the Shafties. Okay. <laughs> because the, the Startup Lounge logo is a gear shift. So we're going to ha- give people like a golden gear shaft or something right, like that. Right. Um, but we, we couldn't really decide if that was going to be kind of too edgy or not. So it kind of died there. <laughs> well, we think the community is, is matured enough that they, they are ready for this kind of event. I, I, I think so. I think you're going to find that there's going to be a tremendous um, – uh, tremendous amount of community support. Of course, Brady Ware is supporting the program, and we appreciate and that. We're delighted to be a charter sponsor. So we know Sig is willing to play along because, again, going back to the 151 Locust days, we had those uh, events called the Spring Fling, and they were uh, we took over the streets. And there was a dunk tank, and guess who was in the middle of the dunk tank? Sig Mosley. He was. In fact, you know, I did the dunk tank as well, and. Um, I, I learned a couple a, a couple things. One, I learned just how much my children hate me because when they couldn't when they couldn't hit the target, they would just simply walk up and smack the target to make sure that I would be dunked. Right. Uh, have you ever done a dunk tank? I did at that point. Yes. It is. It I is didn't let my kids participate though. <laughs> it is jarring. It is. I don't think my back has ever been so wrenched as to when all of a sudden the seat just sort of gives way, and even though you fall into a tank of water. Yeah. Now I know how the coyote feels, basically, when that happens. It was a surprisingly weird physical experience. Well, as I said, Sig has a good sense of humor, but he drew the line at that. He wouldn't do the dunk tank this time. Well, everybody has to draw the line someplace. Yep. Um, thinking as somebody then who's a financial contributor, you know, what, what's the case? What's the case for? Uh, you know, a company that has limited funds, limited marketing budget to support awards programs like this? Well, I think it shows that they are recognizing the importance of building the community. And, uh, and I hate to use that proverbial, it takes a village term, but it really does. And by participating in that, I mean, these things don't happen automatically. It takes, we have to pay caterers and, and uh, f- Thankfully, you know, Ed is really digging into his own because he's providing the facility uh, without charge. And um, it's also to showcase the fact that there are other centers of activity besides Midtown and and Buckhead and Alpharetta. Um, Avondale Estates is kind of a well-kept secret, uh, although it's due east, five miles due east of Ponce. Um, 
so that we just want to show, showcase the fact that there's other parts for entrepreneurship activity around Atlanta. And it's, you know, a stone's throw from downtown Decatur. You know, you're right about that. I mean, De- Decatur is Decatur is sneaky entrepreneurial. Avondale is sneaky entrepreneurial. Shambly is sneaky entrepreneurial in that way as well. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. The, a way to sort of, and there's nothing wrong with the center of gravity and the Georgia Tech Mafia and so forth, but, um, you know, there's a lot of Atlanta that is not Georgia Tech and Tech Square and ATDC and, and they're great organizations, but they're not for everybody. And you know, they're not for everybody from a program, programmatic perspective. And you know, we know how hard it is to get around town, too, that you know, for, for somebody coming in from Avondale Estates, having to go into Midtown, that's not an insignificant time commitment anymore. So being able to localize these things, I think, is really important. That and the fact that, um, as you've pointed out, the, as the economy has uh, improved, uh, rates for per square foot have gone up in those areas that you just mentioned. And most startups are pretty cash-strapped. And while some of these programs do give them free rent for two to three months, uh, eventually they have to start paying. And, um, you know, no one wants to commute two hours to get to their office. And so they can find affordable uh, space along with other people, you know, mentors and, and coworkers who are doing similar things with startups that provide them that support then they shouldn't have to drive uh, for two hours to get there. So how do you define, have you set a vision for this program will be a success if A, B, and or C happen? And if so, what, what, what are those A, B, and Cs? Um, I guess if we get a flood of nominations for these uh, different categories um, and get a lot of people recognized for what they're doing and we get a great turnout um, on May 15th, uh, at Avondale Innovation District. Um, I think those are the things. And, and if we get people who were not prior to this event, um, didn't have that awareness or didn't have that recognition, and so that then founders can say, oh, well, here's some more people that I can tap into that I didn't even know existed. And so, again, it's, it's spreading the word about the, the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Is there also a hope that perhaps by recognizing those who have made those contributions that it might inspire others to follow suit and maybe be that generation after next? Um, yes, what you said. And, and, <laughs> exactly. And hopefully inspire the current one maybe to, to expand that as well, I guess. Absolutely. So um, I think one of the challenges that awards programs have is they can become a little cynical. I think – You've probably seen it. I know that I have. They can be taken over by sponsors. They can start to become a vehicle whereby the the primary goal starts to become not so much recognizing whatever it is the award program is supposed to recognize, but then um, you know sponsors want to recognize their clients. People on the on the board selection committee want to nominate prospects. So they can generate business. We, we've both seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you're very aware of that. How do, you, how do you keep an award program like this from going in that direction to make sure that it maintains its value over the long term? Well, I think by you know, adhering to the standards, um, Ed, uh, as I pointed out, has graciously agreed to uh, put this event on. And uh, obviously, he'd love to have help from others, but there's uh, no real necessity to bow to that kind of uh, financial pressure. Uh, we want people who are going to 
um, contribute on the basis of recognizing and helping building that ecosystem. And so hopefully we can stay true to that philosophy. Do you see this award continuing to be to be run five, ten years from now? I would, <clears throat> I would think, yeah, that's quite a possibility. I mean, I think it's, uh, again, a lot depends on the first couple of years. It always takes a while uh, to get these events off the ground. I remember with the TAG Top 40, that was uh, a much smaller production than it, than it is now. And, uh, it, you know, it takes two to three years to get these things into momentum. Even Venture Atlanta started off relatively uh, small scale back in, I think, 2010 when they started, or, or nine. And um, it's been a great success, but it's taken, you know, a few years to get to reach their stride. One of the things I've found since I've, I've been involved in, in a few of these things it's surprisingly hard to get nominations. <laughs> I, I've always found that I always figured, well, we'll have an award and nominations will flow in. Who, who, who wouldn't like to have the public recognition, have people clap for you, et cetera, et cetera, get a front seat of the banquet? Um, but it's, it's actually deceptively hard to get a good nomination flow, isn't it? Well, it is. And also, people don't necessarily like to follow directions. You know, when I send out <laughs> this... Uh, I'm notice. a teenager, so I'm familiar with that, yeah. Well, yeah, but even adults, you send them a, an email saying, you know, hey, we're having this event, here's the link to the Siggy Awards site, we'd love for you to nominate. And they reply, oh, great idea, here's five people I want to nominate. And they miss the, the fact that, well, you need to fill out the form, because, you know, why, why are you nominating this individual, etc. So they're, I appreciate their uh, willingness to, to help, but they got to take that final step to actually get the nominations. Yeah, if you break the pro- – and we ran into this at Startup Lounge too, is that you know, people want to be in the program, but they know us. They figure they can just send us an email. But the thing is we, you know, we have systems of yes. knowing who's going to be in. If you break the system, then we might remember you're coming or we might not remember exactly. that you're coming, right? right. It's not right. personal. It's just right. Scott and I aren't all that bright, so we're not going <laughs> to necessarily remember everything. Well, you've got a lot going on. Um, so what, what do you – in order to sustain this program, what do you think are the key two or three things you need to make sure that this program is sustainable? So five, ten years, we are still talking about it, hopefully as by then an institution of the Atlanta startup scene. Um, well, for that, um, I would almost prefer to um, throw that over to my, my colleague and your good friend as well, uh, Peter Barron of Car- Carabiner Communications, because they are um, – our communications partner, and they are starting to socialize this. And they're the experts on how to make something like this become uh, hopefully a meme, something that people you know, want to get to. What's, what's the buzz? And, and let's uh, find out what this is all about. And, oh, it's, it's a must-attend event. Now, that doesn't happen overnight, uh, typically. But um, by getting it into the hands of the right people and awareness, building awareness in the communications uh, side of things with the owners and the investors. Hopefully the VCs will pay attention to this because this is helping their pipeline down the road. Uh, Typical VCs aren't going to invest in a seed round, but they do want to keep their eyes open for the promising entrepreneurs. So it behooves them to have this event continue because five years from now, they're going to be writing Series A and B checks for those same entrepreneurs. And it gives them visibility into who is working with lots of entrepreneurs too, right? So oh, yeah. So you're, you're networking your pipeline. Yes. So All right. So um, we're running out of time, so we have to kind of wrap this up. How can people contact you or follow you to learn more about the Siggies? 
Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Gordon Rogers. Uh, the Siggy Awards has its own site, siggyawards.com. Uh, and so I would start with those two. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's program. I'd like to thank Gordon Rogers so much for joining us and sharing his expertise with us and helping us learn more about the Siggy Award program. We'll be exploring a new topic each week, so please tune in so that when you're faced with your next business decision, you have a clear vision when making it. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider leaving a review with your favorite podcast aggregator. It helps people find us so that we can help them. Once again, this is Mike Blake. Our sponsor is Brady Ware & Company, and this has been the Decision Vision Podcast.